0: Especially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux Mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time.
2: Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1112. Uh, head on over to id10t.com. Sign up for our email list. Uh, we have a bunch of new stuff that we're about to put up. I We stumbled across a lot of uh, vintage Disney shirts. So those will be going up soon, probably uh, just before the uh, the reopening of Disneyland, which I believe is going to be at the end of April. Um, so if you uh, if you want to get your Disney fix in the form, form of vintage t-shirts, then ID10T.com will hook you up. So head on over to ID10T.com and sign up for our email list. Um, let's talk about you, the ID10T community, events at ID10T.com. Uh, like Ted, who writes, I want to promote my podcast, Piled High and Deep, the podcast. Just dropped my 40th conversation with a PhD. I talk to all sorts of people who have PhDs physicists, historians, rock band drummer with an English degree, uh, meat scientists, biologists, mathematicians. If someone has a PhD, I want to talk to them. So uh, you can find uh, their podcast, uh, and it's uh, you go to his website, themountaingeek.net. Uh, And also, if you have a PhD and you want to be on Ted's podcast, you can reach out to him there. Uh, Thanks for sharing, Ted, and everyone else, events at ID10T.com for your thing that you would like to promote to the ID10T community. This episode is Christina Hendricks, who uh, is... Phenomenal. She was. She played Joan on Mad Men. Um, she uh, she's currently on Good Girls, which is on NBC, which is a great show. It's on Sunday nights uh, at ten p.m. Um, Christina is also. Uh, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, she voiced Unity. Um, In uh, the episode where they run into Rick's ex-girlfriend who's a hive mind and that's Unity and Christina plays Unity. So uh, she's just so fun and funny and cool and I discovered in this podcast – Uh, Very early on in the podcast that she's way into interior design, and I will talk about that uh, for hours. So just a really, really wonderful chat. Uh, So here's the ID10T podcast number 1112 uh, with the amazing Christina Hendricks. Initiating ID10T protocol. How are you? What's been up? I mean, you know, just uh, staying at home a lot. You know how it is. It's, I know uh, exactly uh, how it is. First of all, your background is amazing. And I feel like I know this wallpaper. It's like a, it's like a, um, the, the, what's it called? It's like a shiny gold. I, I you, but want to say,
2: you want to say de Gournier?
1: Okay. Isn't that I what wanted, you mean? I wanted to say that. Yes, I just...
2: Because you said goo, goo, goo. It is actually an old Chinese screen though.
1: Oh, it's a screen. It's gorgeous. It is,
2: yes. That I hung on the wall, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was definitely, that's what I was going for.
1: It is absolutely, is absolutely stunning. I mean, I'm already, I'm looking at the couch that you're on is gorgeous. I suspect you have a lot of amazing uh, design pieces in your home.
2: Thank you for saying that. I, it's become a new passion of mine is sort of doing interior design and, uh, this room is, is my, I guess I say office, but it's also, you know, where I sort of do hair and makeup and get ready and have all my paperwork and crafts and stuff, but it's very chinoiserie. So there's lots of fun yes. things to look at in here.
1: That is fantastic. Our, my, my wife and I are also into this and we, Lydia is obsessed with wallpapers. And so we have this very long list of, you know, places like Timorous Beasties or just like these different places where we get these really cool intricate uh wallpaper bradbury and bradbury you know i mean even uh well i don't know i can show you around the room but it uh but there's just something about a cool wallpaper and when, when i was growing up wallpapers had fallen out of fashion because it felt very 60s 70s and i feel like but we're back in and there's like a renaissance of really cool wallpapers now
2: I have almost every room wallpapered at this point. I can't stop. Like I'm running out of walls. I just did my master bathroom with uh portatelio. Maybe Lydia knows about that. I'm sure it's it's hand painted kind of like de Gournay, but it's very modern. And, and I, I'm like, I have a crush. Like I, I'm kind of like hanging out in my bathroom a lot. I'm like. You free later because I think I'm just I'm like I need to have like a champagne party in my bathroom when we can all have a party again because it feels like it deserves a champagne party.
1: Or you also before even even before that even gets to be a thing again, you could just do a series of of hangouts Zoom hangouts around your place with the backgrounds from the different wallpaper companies.
2: That's a good that's a good idea. Today was kind of my first big Zoom Zoom day. So I was like, where am I going to be? And I decided on this and I thought, is this too busy? I don't know what most people do. And then I was like, there is no place in my house that is not busy. Every <laughs> mall has some sort of crazy thing going on. So then and then I matched my dress to my wallpaper. Look at that.
1: It looks, I mean, honestly, like I there was a wallpaper that I, I guess it was De Garnier. That I was looking at for a room that we were doing. But it I i want to say it might have been $1,000 a square foot. Like it was some insane, like, oh, I don't mind spending a little extra on a nice wallpaper. But that is, that is maybe a level that I'm not quite mentally. We don't talk prepared. about
2: such things, Chris. <laughs> we don't reveal how much we spend on the wallpaper because then we get in trouble
1: (laughs) oh yeah no no but we did not spend this money on the wallpaper we did not spend this money on the wallpaper well
2: that's That's also why i don't have de Gournay behind me either and that's why i have a chinese screen. it was like an alternative
1: (laughs) so just just some some good wallpaper sites uh just throwing it out there walnut wallpaper is great timorous beasties Style Library, which absorbed all of the William Morris patterns. Um,
2: Wait, where? Because that's what I'm about to start using in the house, I bought.
1: Style Library. I believe <laughs> Style Library is where, um, and also actually, so Finest Wallpaper is a Canadian company that gets a lot of the, um, the William Morris UK papers. And it's just, it's a guy who runs it and he's really easy to deal with. So Finest Wallpaper is great. I've gotten a lot of William Morris Papers from that guy. Abnormals Anonymous is great. Bradbury, um, Cole and Son. I mean, there's... It's- All right, I'm
2: going to need you to send me a text about this this <laughs> list. Because I just bought a house, and I'm remodeling it. It's a 1908 house. And yes. I feel very inspired by the William Morris idea of bringing that in as much as I can. So.
1: Oh, yes, yes. That, that. That, that, that arts and crafts aesthetic is 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 pretty unbelievable. And the uh, it's, you know, like William Morris and and the, and the Eastlake movement of the detailed um, like uh, hinges and knobs and locks and just the craftsmen. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a time where I, where things were not necessarily mass produced and people just really got in there and focused on the details. It's so amazing.
2: You want to go down a, a fun hole and even Yes, please. Look up. Art Nouveau handmade tiles and you're going to find these exquisite Art Nouveau sometimes it's just one so I just started collecting them I don't know where I'm going to put them yet but they're so exquisite a whole world of them exist out there it's hard to not just want to buy a million but
1: um suggestion for you you collect a lot of uh, Art Nouveau tiles and then uh, build them into a fireplace surround, which is something that Lydia did. She we bought a fire. She bought an old fireplace from France and, and a tiled fireplace, and then like for the little floor part, just assembled these different tiles that were complementary to the uh, to the fireplace. We,
2: we call that the hearth.
1: <laughs> that has a name, the hearth. Oh, <laughs>
2: that is one of my ideas. I also kind of thought about sneaking them in little secret places within the garden, where you might like pull something aside and find a little gem in there. You know.
1: I gotta say, my 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 favorite name for a thing that I just found out what it was called is the inglenook, because I subscribe to a lot of like historical homes Instagram feeds, and the inglenook is basically. That little fireplace seating area that's under a main stairwell, like in a really old, like a Victorian home, that's called an inglenook. When you have like a fireplace and seating underneath, the like tucked into the. I was the talking
2: about that two days ago, and I had no idea what, what it was called. I was like, "Oh, that's the thing that's got the benches inside. It's so cool." Inglenook.
1: <laughs> oh, this God! We have so much to talk about. I, I mean, know. look at this. This is this is first of all. Um, I, we were, it was so wonderful to run into you. I think it was, la- I don't know what, what timelines are anymore, but I think it was last year at maybe the Vanity Fair thing where we were waiting to go in and then Lydia and I were there and you were there and it was just so great to see you and catch up. And it had been years from the old days of, you know, when, when Neil Harris and David Burke lived in LA and they would have these amazing Literally the best party throwers of anyone I've ever known.
2: They had the best parties. And one of the reasons they're so good is because they always had activities for us. Yes. It'd be like a game night or a theme night or, you know, wood oven pizza night. And they had such a good group of friends. And I feel like they brought us all together. And when they moved away, we didn't get to see each other as much. So it was nice running into you guys, too. And I think it was almost two years ago, honestly. Really? Yeah.
1: God, I don't even remember what timelines are anymore. I don't... It, just, it might
2: have been almost two years ago, but yeah. Um, and, and and let's talk about that line to get into the Vanity Fair party. <laughs> I don't think I can ever do it anymore. I'm like, I'm waiting 40 minutes to get into a party that then everyone turns around and walks out of. Well, it's Go to another party.
1: I'll tell you, it. we like it because it's kind of the main... We, You know, like, normally... We'll go to the Elton John um, party. Obviously not this year because everything changed, but, and then we end up at the Vanity Fair thing. You know, I, I gotta say, they cater it with In-N-Out and that is pretty <laughs> rad, you know, to just be, everyone's in their fancy clothes. You see people like clasping their Oscars and then eating an In-N-Out cheeseburger. It's absolutely delightful. I actually particularly, I don't mind I'm not a line. I don't love waiting in lines, but I, I will wait in line for that one because it is...
2: I'll tell you why you don't mind. Why? Because you are not wearing six inch heels.
1: <laughs> this, you know what? This is very true. This is 100% true. I hadn't even... Yeah. Why no, you don't but I, mind?
2: Next, <laughs> but Lydia next time, might mind a little bit more.
1: Next time I'm going to do it, I'll wear the six inch heels.
2: Yeah. You're exactly. like, oh,
1: this is what Christina Hendricks was talking yeah, about. And
2: I'll go grab you that burger because you won't be able to move as quickly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they're but the David and Neil parties, first of all, I'm, I I think being their kids must be the most amazing experience in the world because they're David and, and Neil occupy this space in between this very childlike wonder of, you know, just like loving, you know, the Muppets and all sorts of fun, like Halloween, like their Halloween costumes are so intricate. And then also they're exceptional art collectors. So it's this melding between like this kind of fantasy world and also incredibly academic high art at the and same la-
2: and, and the magic and, castle magic and and the haunted mansion from Disneyland and there's secret rooms and the food is whimsical and delicious. Oh my gosh, I know. There,
1: there's, there, there's probably a fire juggler like just hanging out at the party. Oh, like,
2: definitely. There has definitely been aerialists and sword. Swallowers, I said sword swallowers, sword
1: swallowers, yeah, sword swallowers.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I I do miss that, and I I get the closest I can get is watching their Instagram and seeing all the fabulous things they're doing. You know, from I afar.
1: Mean, it's it's funny because you, we we sort of we talk about going to events and we talk about like hanging out at things and and how that you know maybe there were times in the before times where we'd go. I, you know, I just don't I don't feel like putting on a bunch of Fancy clothes and having to go stand at a thing. And now I look back and go, hmm, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, putting on some fancy clothes and going and standing at a thing. Uh, maybe a little bit now, wouldn't mind so much.
2: I think there'd be some adjustments. I think the heels are going to be a little lower. Mm-hmm. Most women I've spoken to are like, I went and put on a pair of uh, high heels and I didn't, my body didn't even know what to do. Like, it was just like, how do I, now, how do I move forward? How do I, you know, not trip and fall on my face? Um, but I have definitely had those moments where I was like, I just want to put on a cute thing and like some real bright red lipstick that won't smear all over a mask and like, just like go out and be fabulous. And there'll be a candle on a table and, you know, just the little things. I suppose I could get dressed up and put a candle on my own table at home. It's just not the same. It's just...
1: The same. the same as when someone else puts a candle on a table in a space, and then you go temporarily occupy that space, and then you leave.
2: The wine list at my house is not nearly as intriguing.
1: <laughs> no, but it's easy to get in and out. That is the one thing that we can easily get for our yes. That is, – we've done the in and out drive-through uh, every so often, and it feels very safe. It's very well organized, and uh, that has literally been about the only place that we've been <laughs> – It's just driving through in and out occasionally.
2: I finally went to a restaurant and sat in a parking lot and had a margarita. Okay, I'm lying, three.
1: Okay, sure. And
2: and it was like they had, you know, distanced the tables and everyone was outside and they made it pretty cute. And I was like, this is like it used to be, (laughs) nachos and margaritas. And I really was blissed out. I was just like, let's never leave this place
1: ever. So just, you felt okay, you felt safe, you felt in the like parking
2: lot. I never want to leave ever.
1: You felt you felt safe. You felt like it was all okay. You didn't leave and go. Okay, I felt risky. I don't know. You felt good about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the tables were probably fifteen feet away from oh, one another, great. and and the waiter had a mask on. And every time he got near the table, I immediately was like. Whoo! you know, threw my mask back <laughs> on immediately. I was like, I'm sorry, sir, I'm sorry. And they're like, it, you know, it's okay. But um, yeah, I'm super conscious of it. Uh, you know, I go to work every day. Uh, the entertainment industry is considered, you know, um, uh, why am I blanking on what we're called? Essential workers.
1: Right. Uh,
2: we're considered essential workers, but we still have, are not allowed to get vaccinated. So it's tricky because we all get tested every single day. I get tested eight days a week, eight times a week, five days a week. Um, So you feel safe with your group, with your pod that you're with. Um, And, you know, as actors, we're the one people, the one group on set that have to take off of our our safety gear, which, which can feel vulnerable. So when I'm at work, I'm surrounded by people, but it's in this little zone bubble. So, all of a sudden, getting a margarita in a parking lot was, it felt very crazy to me. <laughs> this, this is insane. What am I doing? You know, in uh, the old
1: days, you'd feel weird about drinking in a parking lot. I'd be like, what, are we 15 years old? Come on. And now it's like, no, no, this is the safest, most responsible way to do this, this very adult.
2: Oh, I had a friend who who recently called and was like, I went to this restaurant and their parking lot game is on point." <laughs> I'm like that is not something we used to say. Like the parking lot game is on point. I'm like, where? Take pictures. Let me see.
1: Yeah, there were there were a couple of places that when when outdoor dining first opened up a handful of months ago before it shut down again. It was like, I mean, technically that's an outdoor space, but it's really kind of an indoor space, you know? And Lydia and I would just sort of look at each other and be like, Do you feel ready yet? And we'd be like, no. No, not yet. We're just not we're just not there yet. We're fine. We'll just stay home. We we're, we're well, because
2: the thing too is unless it really is on point, uh I'd rather be order some nice food and have it at home. I mean, to me the idea of being out just to be out, if it's really like just on a sidewalk with cars, like I'm not interested in that. I, I'm very much influenced by my atmosphere. Yeah. So, if I can have the food at home, that's fine. But I, I can wait it out until I go inside. I, I feel I feel very lucky, though, to live in Los Angeles during this, because I think about my friends who live in New York City and the way that they've tried to sort of move restaurants to the street or por- partition them with these awkward little things and people just walking by all the time. I, I just think I wouldn't feel safe or comfortable at all. And then... Yeah, and winter and and having to walk your animals and stuff. I I feel so grateful to have a yard, Mm -hmm. you know, to just go outside and get some fresh air and know that my dogs can run around and be happy and not having to sort of like gear up and take it to the street where there's just hundreds and hundreds of people passing you every moment. I feel very lucky to be in L.A.
1: Yeah, and I also, it's interesting to to be in my forties for this. like, if I'd have been in my twenties, I would have been like, God, I, I just, I want to go out. I just want to do stuff. But you know, I was, out, we were already kind of homebodies anyway. And so it's, it, there is also part of it where I just feel like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. I, I don't have to feel guilty about being in pajamas by like 5 PM. Like there's no, it, we're just being responsible. So I feel, I feel very comfortable with, not going anywhere. And I actually, even though occasionally I want to like, oh, I wish we could in in general, I'm like, I'm perfectly happy to not have to go anywhere. I'm perfectly comfortable to just be at home.
2: Completely. Or, or I'll have the thought where it's like, should I, should I try to, I mean, I could meet a friend and I'm like, eh, no, no, <laughs> too much. Like just even the idea, it just, it seems overwhelming at this point, which, seems, and I, and I think what I realized, and I'm sure a lot of people did during this is that I'm not quite as social as I thought I was. Years and years, years, I just thought I was super outgoing and that I loved social events and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I think I do like those things, but not nearly as much as I was attending them.
1: Right. And I think because there is a certain element of, it's such an interesting point that you say that because I think there's a certain way that we go about it, that if you look at it from a, a little bit, more of an outsider's view is actually incredibly isolating. You know, like we might go to an event, but it's not like you're necessarily going to meet a bunch of people. You're going to go to an event. You might show up alone or with one other person, but it's not like in general, you go meet a ton of people. You might run into people, but really you're just kind of your own pod. And also social media makes us think we're being social, but really you interact with that in a very isolated way. And so that idea of, you know, like isolated socializing is sort of, uh, you're absolutely right. We're not as necessarily social as we thought we were.
2: Yeah. It's sort of like you realize the people that you continuously reach out are your your core group. Mm-hmm. And you'll continue to, to find ways to either sit outside in the yard together or Zoom together. And then you're like, oh, I didn't see all those other people that I see a couple times a year. I'm cool with it. <laughs> like it's fine like they're nice but it's just it's ming it's mingling i guess i don't miss mingling as much
1: right this this sort of the small talk of like how you doing what are you working on oh, i'm doing this oh that's great okay well i'll see you later you know like those those awkward kind of like you 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 recognize people you you definitely you like them but you also in 3 minutes what can you really like, what are you, as you're sort of like passing by people in a yeah. crowded, Hey, Oh, that guy. Oh, that lady. Hey, what do you? all? you're great. Okay. Bye. You know, like, Oh, I know.
2: I, know. I don't, I, you know, it'll be interesting because we will go back to it. Yeah. We will go back to it and we'll probably have fun.
1: It will and be fun in, the, in, the, in the beginning. Uh, but I wonder how soon we'll just get all spoiled about it too. Like, ah, I don't want to go anywhere again. But it, but it's, 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 it's the socializing, but without the connecting necessarily, because it does, it's not really set up these kind of like loud eventy things are not really set up to like fully connect. There's so many people, there's so much stimuli, there's so many things going on. It's very dynamic. It's eye candy.
2: I always really like to see all the outfits. I love seeing what people are wearing, especially your wife. (laughs) um no I do like I do appreciate the sort of fabulousness of like how people put themselves together and what they're wearing. I I do enjoy I love fashion so I I enjoy that aspect of it it's sort of a little like fashion parade Mm -hmm. in Hollywood you know obviously um but but it is sort of just a feast for the eyes more than than a lot of other things you know
1: and now we briefly pause to thank our sponsor for this episode of the ID10T podcast, BetterHelp. You know, a lot of people uh take care of their physical fitness, religiously, you know, like going to the gym and and watching what they eat and eating certain things and really trying to uh to take care of their physical being, but then not always think to take care of their minds, right? And there can be a misunderstanding of what therapy is like. Oh, well, you maybe you have to have something specific to talk about if you go to therapy. And that's not necessarily the case. It can be whatever you want it to be. All right. You can talk about specific things. You don't have to talk about specific things. It could just be someone to listen. If you have like generalized issues, just someone to listen to you uh, in in a private way. I mean, you don't have to tell every person in the world your personal business if you don't want to, but you can talk to a therapist privately. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. It's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to do it that way. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. Uh, It's a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. ID10T listeners are going to get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash Hardwick. That's betterhel dot slash Hardwick. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast, which now we return to. Well, I, I can't help but wonder if just sort of talking about this, talking about aesthetics, talking about home design if there is uh, a, a design play in your future of either flipping houses or, or doing something, I don't know. Would you want to take it to that level? Or do you still feel like, no, it's just, it's a hobby. It's something I like to do for myself, but I don't need to like scale it up in any way.
2: No, actually I would really love that. Um, I think, you know, I, I bought this second home uh, as an investment property, but I'm going to have a friend live in it. So it's interesting because I'm not preparing it for myself, but I'm preparing it for best friends. So I want it to be special and have all the good bits, you know. Um, but not only that, I I, I find it uh, super, super creative. And you know, as an actor, I was talking about this with another friend the other night is you get to be creative every day, but you are translating someone else's vision. Mm -hmm. You are the the producer, the writer, the director. You're there to help execute that in the best way possible, help storytell in the best way possible. And you bring your own version of what that is and your contribution is your emotional take on it. Um, But I'm finding that, you know, to to decorate or to be creative in that way is completely mine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, to be able to control it from start to finish is very satisfying. And I find very, very like a completely different creative outlet. And I would love to do something, you know, even if it was on a small scale of sort of like doing a a collaborative line with a company, you know, like silverware for Bed Bath and Beyond or, or linens for such and such or, or wallpapers by Christina or something I would, I would, I think I would really thrive creatively in that space so i i would i'd like to sort of get that thought out there i've been on my instagram even sort of been posting here and there like when i redecorate a room to sort of be like oh christina Hendricks and home design aren't foreign things like it could it could be a blended thing so um so i'm gonna share my my process of redoing this house because i really am doing it from like completely redoing it and uh it's already been a nightmare, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it is like, I mean, contractors, right? What is with contractors?
1: Well, I don't. It's 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 what tough. It's tough to find because I think it's like one of those things where you can go to contractor school, but it's not like a, I mean, it's and and there are definitely good contractors out there, but I I think good contractors are so in demand, and good subcontractors are so in demand, and a lot of them you know, uh, because of the demand, sometimes I'm guessing they don't necessarily have to show up or be on time because they have, a you know, many options before them. And I don't know, I would probably have to deep dive a little bit more with a, specifically with a contractor to find out, but it is tough. And I always, I mean, I, I have a, a person that I think is, is good, uh, shows up and they do, they do the work and, um, uh, but it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to find because, you, it's it's also, you know, you also become a director in a way because you might think that you're being very clear about the vision you have for a room and then you show up and it's like, oh, they tiled it in reverse. They're like, oh, why did, oh, did I not? Oh, where was the miscommunication? So you have to really be comfortable with the fact that like 40% of the shit you try to do will probably go sideways when you're, when you're renovating something.
2: But it is astounding to me. So I agree with you. You could describe something to someone with your words and say, oh, let's just say shabby chic for the ease right. of, of a phrase. And that could mean very something very, very different to you than it means to me. Yeah. And I learned this very, very early on with as an actress and as a model that I could go, I want like sexy, sexy, messed up hair. And that meant something very different to someone else, and I looked like a freak. So I started keeping a book. I would tear things out of magazines and put them in notebooks, three ring binders, and you know, before iPads, I would carry this three ring binder around and go, "Well, let me just reference what I'm talking about because I remembered." I realized the picture is a thousand words, and and it means so. I have Pinterest pages. I have pictures. I to a contract. I'm like. This is what I'm talking about. Still nothing. I swear it's like, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going insane sometimes. And I'm a really specific person. And I, and I feel like I describe things well. Oh, boy, it is something else. And also just getting them to show up. Like you said, can you imagine in our job, if we just didn't show up? We're like, you know what? I'm a little sleepy.
1: Well, it's, it's, that's, that's the, that's the, the entertainment industry is the reverse is that there are more performers than there are jobs. So we know that we could, we're replaceable if we don't show up, you know, At so it's, yeah. And then, but contractors, it's like, oh fuck, this plumber didn't show up. And then they might go, oh, fine. Well, you use a different plumber? And you go, I don't know how to find that, you know, and, and they're like, exactly. We know that. I mean, Yelp has been very helpful though. Like finding people in your area you know, apps like Nextdoor can be good for people to kind of share like, oh, this is someone in the area that showed up that did that did a yeah. nice job. So but it, I do think there is a lot of word of mouth behind it. And, you know, I don't many, 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 many years ago, I was working on a restoration project and stuff. Kept, you know, it's like things would kind of get done sort of wrong. So then but then I, I realized like, oh, I'm getting built for them to undo the thing that You know, and then redo, and maybe that was my fault, or maybe I don't know. But it's not like I have a lot of options. (laughs) You know, like I guess I got to do this.
2: But what what I'm learning because I'm I I am not necessarily a patient person, but this is test. It's it's a it's truly teaching me to be patient and to just and to just say there's truly nothing I can do about this in this moment. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing that I can do right now. So I'm going to breathe. I'm going to wait a minute. I'm going to think about this, have a conversation and try not to sound like I'm attacking. I'm going to listen. I'm going to breathe again. (laughs) I I think it's, I think it's making me grow up a little bit. I'd like to think that I'm becoming more of an adult.
1: Well, it is because, it, you know, it's, it's a great metaphor for life. You know, it's a great uh, place to learn. And also, you know, um, you know, I look at it like, look, you know, we're lucky that we get to do this. We're lucky that we get to renovate. However, it does feel very personal because it's your home. And you know that it's not just about the annoyance of, oh, this tile is wrong. It's like, well, that is going to that unleashes a whole bunch of other processes that are now going to fall behind. Because this has to be undone, it's going to cost more money. This uh, there's usually like one there's usually like one thing that's holding up a whole bunch of other things from happening. It's like, well, this can't go in until this happens, and then that can't be repaired until this happens. But then when that wall opens up, then we don't we're going to have to you know. So it's it is more it is about more than just like oh why this tile, dang it, you know the, it actually can really fuck up a project and put you. I mean, everything's more expensive and takes longer than you think it's going to take. Uh,
2: uh, you said opening the walls and I started getting like I I got like sweats. I was like, if you just knew, like right before I started talking to you, I was like talking to the contractor. It's like, what do you mean you have to take out the pocket door? The pocket door has been there since 1908. Why would it have to come out now? That makes no sense. You know, that kind of thing. So
1: are they going to replace the pocket door or it just has to come out to be serviced?
2: Serviced. serviced. Uh, no, you, you know, I'm changing rooms around upstairs. So as soon as you start moving walls, you need beams for support. Right. They need to go all okay. the way down to the foundation. The, also, the, beam happens, the beams happen to 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 be in the way of everything beautiful that was there from
1: 1908. By the way, a house it's in 1908. 19- Los- I'm sorry, and go
2: then, ahead.
1: No, I was going to say ni- a, a, a 1908 house for Los Angeles is pretty remarkable because... The 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 majority of LA's um, you know early modern history is the 20s basically like the this sort of Spanish revival movement of the 20s and we live in a Spanish revival house by an architect named Paul Williams and so it that was really kind of the sweet spot of and LA has like you know there's the 20s and then there's kind of like the 50s mid century modern movement. Um, and then there's this, then the seventies happened and that was really where a lot of the Valley, like you, you can see the construction was like, just put it up fast, just stuck all the shit out of it. Stick it up fast. We need buildings. People are moving here to be in movies. So, uh, but 1908 is a remarkable (laughs) and laughable to any other part of the world. Is like, that's really not old. Yeah, but it is to us.
2: (laughs) It is to us. And when I bought the home, I found, you know, old photos of the house. With oh, people wow. sitting on the front porch in clothes from the early 1900s, sitting and I, so I could see which pieces have been there from the beginning, and I, I just cherish them. Of course, oh. I want to recreate the photos with me sitting on the front porch with the woman. You know, I just those little treats that you find. Um, I've always been into historical homes. I think because my dad, we lived in a craftsman when I was little. My dad remodeled it. And so in a way, I feel like this is a craftsman and I feel like I'm kind of recreating my childhood home in a way. I was saying the other day, no, I have to have the old push button light, uh, elect, you know, uh, light uh, fixtures. And uh, not light fixtures, light- but The
1: switches, the switches.
2: And, uh, and he was like, well, do you have to have those? I mean, they're a little more expensive. And I said, you don't understand. I had those in my house when I was a little girl in Portland, Oregon. It was in my craftsman home. To me, craftsman homes have those switches, and I have them in my home now. So it's just a must.
1: Yeah, and I, it's in the details.
2: Yeah, so it's the little things that pull up my heartstrings, you know, that, that excite me about this. So you try to save money here and here and here, and then the little things that really, you know, are important to you. you got to make sure you're in there.
3: Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY.
1: I find craftsmen's really challenging because... I feel like a a like a Spanish or an Italian at home there's you, it, it there's a little bit wider of a berth of the types of of the way, of the things that you can put inside it and still make it work. Um, a Victorian home is relatively specific, but again, I think you have a little more leeway but a craftsman really has a very specific you can't go chew two bananas inside a craftsman because you really have to honor the and there, there's some really great craftsmen where the furniture was literally, they had a lot of built-ins and the furniture was crafted for the craftsman. So I feel like it's, you know, the craftsmen I find to be a little more, do you find them to be a little more challenging or it's just sort of innately a part of your, of who you are?
2: Well, like I said, it's, it's all the wonderful built-ins that, that this contractor is immediate, like just now he was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to move this out four inches. So we're going to have to lose this built-in bench. And I'm like, <sighs> no no like you have to figure out how to keep it
1: if to honor the house
2: yeah it can't and there's a big beautiful built-in in in the dining room you know for your china and it's a buffet and that's already ripped out and chipped away at and i said well you guys are gonna have to put it back and build it and make it look exactly as it because to me that's why i bought the home and I think I may have had that exact built-in in my dining room as a child. And I figure, you know, when I do sell this house down the line, the person who's going to buy it for me is also, it's going to be a heartstring house. Of it's course. Not-
1: and they are going to notice those special details, by the way, they're going to know like when you infuse that much love and personality, as opposed to just going, yeah, whatever, just get something from Home Depot and put it up. And it i it, it, it literally hurts my gut because I watch a lot of, we watch a lot of renovation shows and, a lot of people tend to like more modern. They say a lot of things like open concept. And uh, and so, you know, you'll they'll go into like some beautiful old house and you'll see like these really incredible built-ins in the dining room. And then there's this slow motion like, no, when they go, yeah, so we're just going to take these out and then we'll just paint all this wood white. And I'm like, don't paint the – oh, God. And, you know, like we just – it just guts us because I just feel like you're not – yes, you should, of course, make it your own. I'm not – But there's a certain amount of the home story that you're not really honoring. And you should be nice if you left those built-ins because they fit the, uh, you know, not my house, not my
2: house. they make the kitchen part of the whole room. And then I'm like, what if your dishes are dirty and you want to just hide them away? You can't anymore because it's a part (laughs) of your whole house. But if you're watching home renovation shows, have you guys watched Escape to the Chateau?
1: Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get them on the podcast because... Obsessed. Angel and Dick, I mean, first of all, one of the most charming families in the world. Sure. I mean, the amount of times that they are laughing together and also just the fact that she has these visions and Dick never questions it. He's just this engineer and, and culinary genius who just figures out, like... Oh, okay, well, whatever you say, I'm a genie who will just manifest this somehow. And he fucking figures it out. It's That show is mind-blowing.
2: He put a pneumatic tube elevator in a tr- <laughs> <laughs> Himself! Himself! And she just slowly goes up in it with all the history painted and attached in this turret as you rot, I'm, like, so endlessly impressed with these people. Yeah. I have to go there. I have to go and stay at this chateau, I have to have a big party when it's all, when we're all free of, of the COVID, we're gonna all meet up there.
1: I would love, I would absolutely love that because it's, and, and I'm so happy for them because it's not even just that they had this dream and they took this dilapidated chateau and turned it into this paradise. Um, but it's, in, but it's been, it's, it worked. Like it's become incredibly successful. And, uh, and I'm just so, I'm so interested to talk to them. I just like, where the fuck does Dick come from that he, I know he was an army engineer or he was a British military engineer, but like, where did he learn to be a master chef? Like it just, the, the amount of hidden talents and then angels like, oh, I wanted to make a, a lamp that had all these pictures. So I just opened up. It was like, how do you know to do that? Like the knowledge that the two of them have is mind-blowing.
2: And if they don't know, they look it up and they teach themselves and then they invite all their brilliant friends over who happen to just be extraordinary painters and willing to just chip in at any moment and then they're just like, oh, look at the mural on our (laughs) lorangerie. Who are you people? You're like my fantasy friends. I want to be friends with them.
1: <laughs> Who does not want a, a l'orangerie after watching Escape to the Chateau? It's like, oh, well.
2: I can't believe I've lived this long
1: without one. Didn't know I had a l'orangerie-shaped hole in my soul, but apparently <laughs> I do. And it needs. It can only be filled by a l'orangerie, which could be used as a common area or a dining room or just a general hangout space. Do
2: you remember when there used to be the restaurant l'orangerie? Yes, LA. wasn't
1: that off Beverly?
2: It was on La Cienega.
1: La Cienega.
2: It was one of like one of the nicest sort of fine dining restaurants in Los Angeles. A lot of them have closed down over the years. I think sort of more casual gastropub kind of dining got more popular and the really yeah. sort of more opulent fancier restaurants like La Longerie or Diagolive closed down, but it was one of those like if you went to laundry it was valentine's day or it was like it was special but they used to do like the little egg with like whipped with crème fresh and caviar on top and it was just it was like there were a million servers at once and it was just it felt like i felt like bugs bunny at the you know where like the big dome was gonna open up and there, you know it's like i think i only went twice in my life but um
1: that might come back because I think when, when things normalize, I think people will really be craving these like full experiences again, you know, like let's splurge, let's go out on the town and really do it up, you know? And it's, I I wonder if there's going to be a parallel between, you know, and I'm certainly not the first person to advance this theory, but, you know, post 1918 Spanish flu, you have the roaring twenties, you know, will there be a kind of roaring 2020, uh, 2020s for, you know, for people who are just so thirsty for real life experiences again? I don't know, maybe.
2: I love the idea of that. I mean, I, I do love the idea of a, a, of a casual hang and getting together and, you know, but I, I think even, you know, before quarantine, I think I was missing that sort of it seemed like, especially in my neighborhood in Silver Lake, it was a lot of like go up to the counter, order, and we'll bring it to your table and <laughs> you're share it with these other three couples. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I met some nice people, you know. Um, but I'm like, I just really want to like order from a menu, and I, you know, I just the whole sort of sitting back and treating yourself and getting dressed up and and sort of like the idea of like going to the theater and getting dressed up respectfully to go and give respect to the performers. And that sort of formality, I think, went away a long time ago.
1: Well, because we took for granted that we could go anywhere and do whatever we wanted. And now we can't. (laughs) And now I feel like we might have been like, oh, that was special. We were very privileged and fortunate to do that. And if we have the opportunity again, we should really appreciate it and not just make it feel disposable, like, ugh, you know. And uh, I totally like, you know, a multi-course dinner and a and and just and like the full, you know, where you and
2: why not a wine tasting, a wine pairing, why not?
1: like Like block off like two or three hours for a dinner because it's like a full experience you know
2: no it sounds so wonderful it's so funny because I'm talking to you today and before I did Seth Meyers and I haven't I'm I'm doing publicity for the show obviously and we just started back up the season and and I hadn't done like obviously you and I are talking it's podcast I hadn't done an on-camera situation so as you can see I'm a little glitzed up I get on there, Seth's wearing a darn plaid shirt. John Johnson's wearing like a Patagonia sweatshirt. I was like, I guess I'm a little overdressed, but. I'm wearing,
1: I'm wearing a sweatshirt that has, that has like li- old library card stamps on it. <laughs> and I'm wearing a hat. Yeah, I know. I really, you're absolutely right. I, you know what it is too, because it's that, it is that um, the layering of homework, home and work at the same time where it's like, and, and as a, you know, as a up and a writer and a bit, it's like, of course, a lot of my work was done out of my home before, but really. Like we were shooting talking dead in my basement when I, I was alone, I would literally just walked downstairs make a television show and then just go back up to my kitchen, you know? So it's, there is that we, we're going to have to start getting that separation again of like, no, 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 no. You, you gotta like, be present You gotta dress up to be presentable to do your job and I'm I really but we don't use video though we don't use video for the podcast
2: video that's why I was like when I was on seth I was like oh this is fancy I'm going on like a late night talk show this is what I would wear I got on I was like oh I, I didn't realize this was the camping episode I didn't know I was supposed to wear like back to the future orange puffy vest um, that's, really yeah, I was very very, that's very funny. very overdressed. Very
1: very funny. I I uh uh just as just to kind of wrap up the the home reno talk cuz I want to ask you about a couple other things but okay. I love that um the thing that I love about it you talked about it with acting and like is that you know as performers often what we do is very intangible. We 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 do an we do something it's it's spoken, it's you know, it's movement and words but it's not like a thing, you know? And so to be able to, you know, and I think renovation, there's, there's design work. There's a bit of hunting and gathering. There's a bit of treasure hunting and curation to ultimately create this piece of art that you can live in. It's a livable piece of art. And we don't have that luxury as performers because like you said, we don't control any of it and we don't, it's not like, it's not linear in the sense where you go, I have done this, now I will do this, now I will do this. It's like, it's very, you know, I might, I get to work on this. I don't really have control over how it's received. Maybe I'll work on something else. It's like, there's no, it's not satisfying in those ways.
2: Exactly. I, I, I think it's funny that someone could go, oh, wow, I just saw this film you are in. It was so great. You were wonderful in it. And in my head, I'm thinking, well wait, did, how did they phrase that? What, okay, okay. <laughs> but if someone were to come in and go, "This is the most beautiful house I've ever been in." And I'd go, oh, "Thank you so much." Like I, for some reason that compliment seems more personal to me or something. Yeah. Like because I because I did it all myself, whereas if I'm in a film, my performance, you may have enjoyed my performance, but there were so many contributors to that experience being an enjoyable experience. Whereas if you walk into my house, that's because I made it pretty.
1: <laughs> yes. And it's also an expression of, like, you're literally just throwing every piece of your soul into a three-dimensional space. Yeah. And saying, hey, you know, walk into my soul for a minute. You know, why don't you? But what you just said was really interesting because it's so, you know, you, you start, you want to be an actor when you're young. You start acting. It's your passion but at a certain point it becomes your job and not that you're not passionate about it, but all of a sudden it takes on this whole other thing. And even hearing you talk about the separation of like, you know, I need something that's just for me again and not, you know, in service of this larger construct of I do this as a job. I love doing it. It was a hobby at one point, but now it is my responsibility and my job. To be responsible to this production, to these you know other performers and the crew, and but your home is like that's your that's your create that is just yours that you own that fully your creative hobby. So do you feel like it was necessary for you to to have that because the acting stuff does kind of skew a little bit into more work zone?
2: Absolutely, Uh, absolutely. And 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 I said something to one of my best friends not too long ago where I someone came in and said, Oh, I love when I come into your house, it feels just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know what I think would be really fun though. And I, and I think this is where you combine being an actor into being maybe a decorator is I would love to help someone else make their home feel exactly like them. Yep. And I think the reason it's a, a cross between actors and a decorator is one of the things we do as actors is is to read other people to Mm -hmm. observe them and understand them and understand their intentions and sort of try to try to get into their, their spirit and their soul a little bit. Um, So I feel like I've always been a very good reader of people. I've always been like, if someone's upset, I think I can sense it very quickly, Mm -hmm. even if it's not very, maybe a lot of other people didn't notice I can see that something's different to how they than how they were the day before or I right. can see when someone seems to sort of light up when they have a passion about something or they see something that they like and I thought wouldn't that be a, a, such a rewarding kind of thing to get to have someone else feel as joyful in their space
1: Yeah. And, but, you know, but the thing that you do relinquish a little bit if you are a designer for someone else is you might have those times where you go in and you see beautiful built ins and then your client goes, rip all this shit out. And you'd be like, "Um, well, (laughs) I don't know if we should do it. No, I don't want it. I don't like it. You know, my mom had shelves in my house when I was growing up. I never liked them. Just fucking get rid of them. And then you would have to be like, gulp. Okay. You know, like, because ultimately, they're employing you to do that, and you can't really make them do unless they said, "like Hey, do whatever you want," you know. But I feel
2: like be- I'm sorry. That's idiotic. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I can't help your bad taste. But <laughs> I'm like the meanest designer ever.
1: <laughs> Can you take this out? No, no. It's structurally no, no. It's just a really bad idea. Okay, and not-
2: look into your soul, and what you don't realize yet is that you love that built-in. You just don't know it yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be an amazing designer, though, is to be able to say, like, let me show you how this needs to be presented and then have them go, oh, my God, I just didn't see it that way. That, that's amazing. But
2: I think that happens to a lot of designers. I, I don't know if you guys ever watched. It's, it hasn't been on for years, but I loved it so much that I've watched it several times. It was called Million Dollar Decorators. And it it featured Mary McDonald, Martin Lawrence Ballard, um, Catherine Ireland. These are all designers that have names that sound like other people, but they're, all, they're <laughs> all interior designers and they're spectacular designers. And they would walk in and, you know, clients have opinions. It's their homes. It's where they live. And they would go just, uh, you hired me. So let me do what I do. Mm-hmm. And then look at it, and if you hate it, then I'll change it and most of the time, the clients would come in and go, "Oh, it's so stunning. I never would have imagined this, but I love it um but these are also some of the top designers in the world
1: so. okay well this is this is this is a show that we're definitely gonna have to watch because we are we're fully 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 obsessed with this world and uh and also also the really the restoration of um you know, like like honoring a house the way that it, the architect intended or the way that it was to really is kind of like to preserve it, you know? And obviously there are things that, you know, in the 1920s or, you know, in, in earlier parts of, of history, people didn't know as many clothes, so there weren't enough closets. So is there a way to expand your living, to make it livable without going, rip all this shit out, open it up and put marble down, you know, like to not, to make it, um, livable in the modern sense, but not modern in the modern sense of that, not from a design aesthetic, but just make it livable.
2: That is exactly what I'm trying to deal with right now, because my upstairs is the configuration is exactly what you said. There's, there's no closets. There's, there's two little closets. And I mean, if, if they're like me, they've got toilet trees and, you know, a, a million, a million things. So it's, it's, how can you make it look as if it was built they're in the first place,
0: mm-hmm.
2: super functional. And somehow, you know, you, you want that underlighting in your kitchen these days, you know, does it go in 1908? Of course it doesn't, but it looks that it's functional and it looks great and, and you need it and you want it. And so it's a matter of like, but let's make sure that the, the kitchen knobs are historical so that the under doesn't look so bizarre, like blending these two things that, you know, Yeah. And
1: there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good hardware companies that make, I'm, I don't love new for old a lot of the time because things just look machined as opposed to, but, but, but sometimes you do need a modern fixture sometimes, especially if it's like a door handle or something just because of the way. uh, And so there are companies like, you know, house of antique hardware or Van Dyke's Restores or these places, or, or even Liz's antique hardware on La Brea is fantastic I mean, I used to when it was when you could still go to stores. Uh, I would just go through and just rifle through old like doorknobs. I mean, and I just it, you know, your hands would get all dirty because it's oh, just yeah. all metal and dirt and all, you know, and uh, and I just fucking loved sifting through old hardware. I will stop if I'm walking. We're, when I'm traveling I just take pictures of doors and fucking door, door hardware.
2: <laughs> I tell you your, your phone library must be the exact same as mine. It's just literally like, I just saw this wrought iron fence and I had to take <laughs> 20 pictures of it because it was so extraordinary. Um, yeah. You can spend days in Liz's Liz's antique hardware. Um, problem is, is sometimes, especially if you're doing a whole kitchen to find as many as you need for a yep. large space because they are antique. You can't always find as many as you want. So then you're like, well, maybe I'll put these four on a hutch and it'll look like it's a, you know, use right. them where you can sparingly. And it also, you know, it gets pricey, but um, some of those sites I was just on last night and then it's sort of finding like who does do the good re- reproduction and who doesn't. And But it that's the stuff that excites me, that, get, that, that gets so fun to me.
1: I'm so glad you're doing that on social media too because I – Uh, uh, a few, a handful of years ago, I was, we were restoring a place and I just, Instagram stories were still relatively new. So I just started, I didn't know what else to do with stories. So I just started posting these renovation videos and just tagging them house shit, you know? (laughs) And it was the craziest thing of like, of all the TV things that I've worked on and all the things that I've done, people would come up to me in in public and just be like, I need to know what's behind the hole in the wall. I'm like, what are you, oh my God, I didn't even think... And it was amazing how much the restoration process really resonates with people. Like, because it's very, it's very A to B to C it's, you can see that there's an arc to it. The stakes aren't too high, you know, like, and, and people just love to see how things, whether it's vicarious or whether it's, or they just like looking at it. I don't know, but it's great that you're doing that because it people absolutely love to see the restoration process. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to dive more into it. Sla- sadly, it's been moving so slowly that I'm like, all right, nothing to report today, guys. <laughs> but, um, but once it's, you know, I'm still in the framing process, but once we, once we start going in and doing finishes and choosing, choosing materials and stuff, that's when it's really going to get fun. And I already have a back house filled with kitchen supplies and stoves and things that are already starting to arrive. And And I'm going to do some old tin ceilings in one of them and, inspired by neil patrick harris there's this one little sort of under the stairs hidden closet that we were like what if we make it the tiniest speakeasy ever in the world (laughs) (laughs) something neil would do so we've got this sort of hidden door that we're going to put a tiny little bar inside and a little chandelier that's awesome yeah trick out some little tiny
3: spaces with some fun little things Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. When
0: you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop.
1: We did a tin ceiling in a kitchen but it wasn't tin. It was actually aluminum because the tin was too heavy. It was like, well, no, the contractor was like, no, no, if you put tin in here, it's just going to pull the, bring the ceiling down. So we found this company. It was like American tin tile or something. And they made it's aluminum, but it looks that's like what
2: I, it. that's what I'm using.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. That's great.
2: Yeah. Thanks. I just got samples sent to the house and I'm like checking, testing out the colors and it's like all the little dream things that I've seen places in my life. I'm like, I'm throwing in this house. Why not?
1: Um, I, uh, to just jump topics really fast, because literally I would talk your ear off for five hours about the home renovation stuff, but, uh, <laughs> I, I have to, I don't know why I feel compelled to admit this to you. I've never seen the last two episodes of Mad Men. And the reason that I haven't is because I have a problem with shows that I love. I didn't watch the last episode of Deadwood for like six or seven years. Like yeah. I can't, it's hard for me to let go it's hard for me to let go and know that it's not still there and so when I know in the back of my brain no I that, these two episodes the show's still there I haven't watched it yet I have a bizarre avoidance with finishing shows that I love just and it's like the last episode or two um
2: do you find that when you do watch an episode like one of the last episodes that you're disappointed and so you avoid nope. that or are you nope. just like knowing that you've got I get a somewhere I get okay.
1: sad that it's over. I get sad that it's done. And then I think like, well, but I didn't even work on the show. Like you worked on that show for years. And that show was, that show changed television, you know, like it completely, you know, like Mad Men was really that sort of first, like, well, I don't know. It, it ushered in a new era of television that we take for granted now because of the Netflixes of the world who make a hundred shows like that now. But at the time, not whatever, like that, Chris, Come not on. Like, not like that. <laughs> but really like the, the show was so, it was, it was just like stepping into this time ribbon and, and just like really wrapping yourself in it and uh, such a gorgeous, amazing show. I mean, it, do you still, do you, do you miss it? Do you feel like, Okay, no, it was it was a thing that I did for a period of time and I'm I'm comfortable I was able to move on like or do you still kind of go, "Oh man, you know with all these revival sh- things where, where shows just get revived again. It'd be really great to go back and play in that world again."
2: Uh, I think I'd always want to go back and play in that world. It was so unique and so special and and we ended when we needed to end. You want to end when you're still on top, you know. Um, but the writing, I mean, that, that writing was just so sometimes I'll go back and watch an episode. It'll, it'll be on, or I'll just, I'll be like feeling nostalgic and I'll, and I'll decide to put on just one at random. Well, not one for any particular reason. And I am just struck by the writing. It is every line is important. Every, you, you could just write every line is said for a reason. There's not a throwaway line. There's not just like, Oh, this is a silly conversation so that we can get to the next thing. It is nothing is said without purpose. And I just have, I'm just so lucky to have been a part of it. And, and yes, there are all these beautiful shows out now. And, and, And some of them are just shot gorgeous and, and the acting's phenomenal. Um, But I don't, I've never found writing that moved me like that. And I got to be a part of it. And the great thing is, is that people are, some people are just now discovering it. And because we can stream now people are you know another generation another generation hasn't been that long has it jesus and like my grandchildren i'm not um it's only been off the air five years um but yeah but 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 people who didn't watch it then are watching it now and and i think it resonated with people so much that people still bring it up to me when i'm out in the world in parking lots drinking margaritas <laughs> then I was like when am I out in the world never um no but but it seems to still really resonate with people and
1: stick with people and I love it
2: yeah I'd go back if they were like we're doing it again we start it tomorrow I'm like okay cool
1: did I read correctly that you learned the accordion as an adult uh or did did you learn it because of mad men or did you just learn it because you thought it was a cool instrument because if so that's rad
2: well, I, I did, I started to, and, and the way that I ended up playing the accordion in Mad Men was that Matt Weiner called me, uh, Matt Weiner's the creator of Mad Men and said, do you speak French and do you play the piano? And I said, well, I'll learn French. And why do you need me to play the piano? And he said, well, we want to do the scene where Joan plays piano in her apartment. And I said, well, we've never established that Joan has a piano in her apartment. And I don't know where we would all of a sudden say that came from, but what you don't know is that I've been learning the accordion and that's easy to pull out of a closet. And it just so happened that that instrument was much more popular in the sixties, obviously than it is now. Cause everyone thinks I'm so weird, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was a very, very beginner. And so I did, I took some more classes, but w- when you see me play it on the show, I'm playing more chords than like a lot of, of the sort of, um, melody. Uh, but I really enjoyed playing it. I loved it so much. And after Mad Men, I I jumped straight into other projects and I just didn't have time to keep practicing. And it's oddly hard to find a accordion teacher, not a lot around. (laughs) with the, with the I actually just head? took it up to my attic yesterday because I've been keeping it in my office being like um, if I see it every day I will play it I will play it I will play it and years have gone by so now I would have to be sort
1: of starting all over again
2: but I still intend to do it because I love that darn accordion I love it
1: please just tell me what the and I know I'm disappointed in myself that I don't actually know this what is it specifically that the left hand, the buttons on the left hand, are they shifting keys? What what are they? What is the? What are those doing? Yes,
2: when the, the buttons on your left hand are chords, so you're going from a, from a major chord to a minor chord, Got and it. you jump from a C to an E up and down the up and down the scale, and then your right hand is just playing
1: the piano keyboard the melody. Like you're just playing the melody with the right hand. Okay, so
2: it's kind of like doing Braille as well because you can't hunch over. And look at it. So everything's by feel. So the buttons on the left, there's two buttons. One has an indentation and Mm -hmm. one has a couple little bumps. Mm -hmm. And you just have to know everything spatially in relation to those two buttons. So it's not an easy instrument to learn, but I think it's so beautiful. It's very romantic instrument.
1: You know, maybe there's some kind of a thing where you renovate a house for someone. And then at the end the couple is having their dinner in the finished house. And then you come in and like sing them a song with the accordion. And then that's part of the, that's, that's, that's like the, that's like the co- That's the end of the show. It's just something to consider.
2: And then I left a silver dome <laughs> with a duck underneath.
1: <laughs> and then the duck goes,
2: ta-da! <laughs> And I'm like, well, experience. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think you're
1: on to something. <laughs> um, uh I just I definitely want to mention good girls before I before we, we end the, the podcast. Um, because uh first of all, it's an amazing show and you're great and a great cast too. Um and I'm so glad that uh you've been able to that you were able to do this show where did you you've been shooting it this whole time or you just started shooting the, where are you in the, the shooting process?
2: We are already in the middle of episode nine on season four. Wow. So yeah, we are, we have been plugging along during, during all of this and just testing and getting there and, you know, oddly running smoother than you would think, considering that we had to, shoot eight episodes at once, we had to cross board and it was a little chaotic, but I feel like we really found our rhythm and we're in the middle of shooting episode nine and our first episode aired on Sunday. And, you know, it's so much fun. I love these women so much. I get to work with the best people and the show is just quirky and weird and dark and funny and strange and uh it feels like me. It feels like a show that, you know, I I that I want to watch.
1: Are 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 you looking at filling up any more of your time when you're done shooting? Are you looking at doing films? Are you looking at doing anything else or do you are you really sort of like work, take a break, work, take a break or do you kind of like to always have something to do?
2: I always choose the next project if I fall in love with it. I'm I'm okay saying no to something if I just don't think that there's something I can contribute to it, or I just don't understand it. And it's just not my thing. Um, and I have a hard time when I read something that I really love, even if it's bad timing, I have a hard time saying no, because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I just, this, I feel like I have to do this. And, and shortly before I started Good Girls, I worked for three years straight with not one break. And I, I think I was really sort of burning, burning the candle at both ends. And, and I, And I needed the break. And oddly, oddly enough, having to stay home uh, in quarantine was like a forced break for me that just said, you have to stop working. Mm -hmm. And I really embraced the first few months quite a bit. I realized that I really needed a recharge and that it was okay to sit still. And I kept thinking, if it's not my fault, (laughs) <laughs> like, no one's like the reason you're not working is because no one wants you <laughs> or the reason you're not at work is because i'm like as long as it's not my fault i think i'm okay to chill here for a little bit and i realized i really needed it and now um you know i I've, i'm going to be doing good girls until mid-june and as we start to approach that we'll see where the world is and see where my my head spaces is and stuff but i'm always looking for something creative and exciting to do so we'll see
1: i also by the way always loved and i still watch it every once in a while that broken bells video you did is so good my friends at soapbox did that and when when they when you shot it i remember seeing the set on their sound stage but it's i mean that album is also just incredible but but just the sort of the metaphor of like what of of the journey of this character and what we do in our lives to sacrifice what we think is this idealized oasis that we're going to and then getting there and finding out it's nothing, you know, like it, it's so it's just such a fucking great mini story that I feel like is like, oh, yeah, that's kind of our business. That's kind of life in a way.
2: It was a brilliant video. And I'm a music freak anyways. I like make Spotify lists and post them and all that stuff. I'm like a, a big, big music nerd. So when they called me, I was like, what? <laughs> that was Those guys in their video, I'm like, absolutely. Uh, and then I showed up and it was like such a realized story. It was like a little film, you know, it it was, it was really quite special and really, really well done. So I, would, yeah, I, I, that is, I was like that. That's one of the cooler things I've done for sure.
1: And again it is it's you I always watch that and I, cause, because because it, it's sort of a reminder of like don't sacrifice every piece of yourself trying to get to somewhere that you think is gonna make your life perfect like i I probably read way more into it than they really intended but I do find it to be this very philosophical like you know um j- learn to be and st- and don't make it about this kind of like go this far off goal that's that's perfect like nothing's really perfect you know
2: and literally literally in this case tearing yourself apart in order to sacrifice everything in order to get to something that is unknown yeah enjoy the journey
1: and uh oh boy I'm I'm excited for the segue here I have enjoyed this journey
2: I mean Uh, I set you up for that didn't I
1: you really did but I had to call it out because I felt like it would have been too It would have been too cheeky to be like, Christina. I have enjoyed. It would would have felt very old time inside the actor studio. I have enjoyed this journey.
2: No, the thing is, I said it, and then we both paused and looked at each other, like, "Who's going to say it first? (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be? Yeah.
1: (laughs) This had the ideal ending, though. Unlike the video, this ending was very ideal.
0: ideal.
1: But I, but I really, um, I hope when uh, when things, uh, kind of shape up again, I, Lydia and I would love to see the stuff that you're working on. And we'd love to show you the stuff that we work on too, because it's just, we love to meet other design freaks and sort of like, oh, that's so cool. And where do you go? And what do you get? And how, where did you find that? You know,
2: I would love that. I think that we're going to be, um, big appreciators of each other's projects. I think that'll be fun.
1: I hope so. Well, thank you so much. Good girls is on now. On the uh, National Broadcasting Company network, and uh, yeah, I mean, anytime. Seriously, come come back anytime.
2: Awesome, Chris. It was great to see you.
0: ID ten scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.